This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I am God's fancy. I was being fancy. Okay. I'm your host, like Erica like fancy. Super fancy with junk. <laughs> you do you even know what you're doing right now? <laughs> Me or Valerie? Valerie Bliss. There we go. I got it out. She literally was like, I'm going to pick up my drink and completely forget what I'm doing. Did you... <laughs> it's like okay. the fangirl moment the fangirl moment everyone else feel better I'm stopping now you were worried our guest was worried in the previous episode that we weren't drinking enough oh oh to take back those words okay so our guest today is the amazing Michelle Cox welcome welcome Hello, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about what we've been drinking. Um, so we've been oh, drinking yes. rum and coke. Yes, maybe a little. So they say. Maybe a little high on the <laughs> rum side of the rum and coke, as evidenced by it's Valerie's. Last time I drank. When was the last time I was on the podcast? <laughs> it's been like over a month. I can't handle my liquor. <laughs> maybe, so maybe not the best choice. <laughs> No, I just okay. Anyway, moving on. I don't know why I forget this every time I invite her to co-host with me. It's it's a regret that I have. Okay, Michelle, for those people that want to drink along and don't want to hit it as hard as Valerie has, um, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a Stella Artois, my In drink a of choice. Glass. Yeah, fancy, and we're drinking out of solo cups <laughs> like bosses. Well, I thought I had to be fancy, you know. It's a, no, okay. a podcast. I'm chewing yeah. on it. You can be fancy. We are not. <laughs> I have lipstick. That is not yeah. one thing anybody's ever claimed with me and Val. They've never gotten, you know what? Those two girls are fancy. <laughs> They're so fancy. Yeah, that's not the word they use. Okay. So this is rapid fire questions. What is your favorite book of all time? Um, Great Expectations. Ooh, Ooh why? Okay. It's Did you ask the question. <laughs> um, it's your own damn question. Okay, what is your reasoning for creating? Um, okay, what is my reasoning? Oh, because it has everything. I mean, it, it, Dickens is my favorite author. He's wonderful at characterization. He's a master of the multiple plot lines and weaving them together and you know all his sort of social justice themes so i i just i adore dickens i've read them multiple times but great expectations i think is his masterpiece very cool what is your least favorite book of all time oh gosh do i have to say that out loud yep what if she's listening <laughs> she's probably well, not listening Okay, it's the goldfinch. I hate the goldfinch. Sorry. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, I hate. It. Well, I'm not I just... a fan, so I'm the wrong person to talk to. And so, <laughs> I don't like it because there. Maybe it's a, a literary masterpiece. I don't know. To me, it was not. I just I thought that 
there were no likable characters. I couldn't connect to anybody. I didn't care what happened to them. And the whole, you know, drug episode in the desert, I'm not a prude, but that just went on way too long, in my opinion. I'm like, come on, what is the point of this? I mean, I kind of understand what she was trying to do, but to me, it was too long. And I thought the ending was rushed. It's like, oh, he suddenly has all of these magic epiphanies, you know, in, in the space of one chapter. I, to me, I just, it felt forced and I didn't enjoy it at all. The end. Got it. Okay. Okay. So um, do you finish all books when you start them? Well, there was a um, time. Did you finish the Goldfinch? Yes. Yeah, I, I see that you're not me. I don't, I, I don't. I am famously known for being willing to chuck a book in 2.5 seconds if it doesn't grab me. Really? I, I can't because it's I, a yeah. waste of time. I can't yes. myself through a book. If I can't connect, what, what I always refer to characters as the vehicle. If I can't find a vehicle to ride out that ride with, I, I, I can't. I can't read anymore. She'll do way more reading than me. She'll give it like 50 pages though. You don't get 50 pages from me. I'm like, screw you. If you you don't grab <laughs> me in the first chapter and even sometimes less than that, 50 shades of gray. Um, absolutely <laughs> zero interest. Yeah, you know, okay. So when I was younger and, you know, the, the college lit student, I would never put down a book. Like that was a sin to me. But now that I am so desperately busy. I just don't have time. And it's so it, and first of all, I don't really get to read very often for my own pleasure. Mm -hmm. I'm either blurbing something or whatever. So if I am reading a book on my own time and I can't get into it, gone. And I don't even worry about it anymore because you're right. Life is short and I just don't have time. No, I don't. Absolutely. Do you re Do you write reviews? Read reviews. Do you write reviews? Let's start there. You mean like professionally or for like other authors? Well, no, not professionally. Um, I'm. I used to. I was part of the New York Journal of Books for like you know a couple of months because I thought it would look good on my whatever <laughs> tagline. But I'm like, no, I can't do this. It's too awful. So no. No. Um, but I'm. I'm more went. The books you read, do you write reviews for? Oh, that's so tricky, isn't it? Um, some I do. Positive reviews, but if it's not their cup of tea, they'll plead the fifth kind of moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, if it's a book that I've read for myself, then I will usually give an honest review unless it's somebody that I know. <laughs> and then I probably won't. Um, yeah, I do. I try not to give reviews if I can help it because it's just hard though, because like a lot of author friends are really relying on you to read their book and give a review. So more often than that, I will just because they, they need a review. So, so do you, do you just do those reviews and you don't just say no? So are you talking about like reviews on Amazon or are you talking about blurbs? Like writing blurbs well, for the cover. Work. I mean, if you're just reading The Goldfinch, do you, do you write a review for that when you're reading books? Because all of us love reviews, but it's interesting the amount of authors that don't actually leave reviews for books they've read. I try to. I try and to. 
separately, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. A, a lot of authors we've talked to, I have to say, honestly, um, more experienced authors, I should say, that have more than a couple books out, for instance, um, don't, won't do blurbs. Absolutely don't do blurbs. They say no, even to their good friends. Because it gets into a whole really weird thing that you can get into. I mean, it's one thing if you respect the person's work, but if you don't know what you're about to get handed and you get it and you're like, oh, you know, and most of the people say they just flat out tell everybody they're very busy and they don't have time to do it. Yes. Yeah, so the people that I tend to give blurbs to are um, somebody that is like a friend um, author and I'm doing it for them as a favor and sometimes people would solicit me you know on Twitter and say oh you know I follow you would you be willing to look at my book and at the beginning I'm like oh sure like so flattered to be asked but now there's no way if I don't know that person or know their work I just yeah say I'm, I'm, I'm too busy which is is not really a lie I am too busy <laughs> It's true. No, it's not, it's it doesn't have to be a lie. It's yeah. just, again, your timing and then you're getting into that weird thing where they're expecting to have this positive review and you go to read it and you're like, yeah, it's I remember that mistake a little many, many moons ago on Goodreads where you can get a free book as long as you read a review. Oh, write wow. a review. Like you can put in to get X amount of copies. They're giveaways. Oh, that, that now, yeah. Amazon, now that they have Goodreads, is monetized that if you're an author, you have to pay like a hundred bucks to get your book giveaway up there. It's, oh my God. Anyway, yeah, it's terrible. Is, you know, but, um, you know, I, I honestly, I got three books in a row from that and I was so excited. And then I read them, <laughs> violated my rule because I agreed to read them and write a review. And I was like, all three of them would have gotten honestly one or two star reviews for me. They were terrible. They were terribly written. They weren't edited. They weren't professionally done books. Wow. You know, self-published books. And I'm like, I feel really bad. I don't even know how to do this because they offered me a book to get a review and they're not going to like the review that they're going to get from doing this. And it, I don't know, it just, that got in a very sort of compromising position. It is. It's yeah. The whole thing is tough in, you know, there are certain book reviewers or book bloggers who have the policy that if they feel that your book is not a three star or above they just will not leave any review which is kind but um yeah it gets messy do you no. do you read reviews your reviews of your book <laughs> you know i used to read them like every 10 minutes i was like obsessed with like clicking like did anyone review it um but since i would say books like four and five I don't care anymore I, sh I shouldn't say that it's great especially when the book first comes out then I will look at all the reviews but now that the book's been out like a year and a half then no I don't really look at them anymore occasionally if I happen to be on Goodreads which is not very often because I hate Goodreads um you gained a validation in the first few books and now you have more confidence to move forward without. You're not in the rocking chair in the room. You do not get to analyze this. What? <laughs> Why? Come on. 
I have it. Well, it's kind of like when the book first comes out, you kind of get a sense of what the readership feels about it. And then everything from that is pretty much just a repeat of that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I think reviews are for the um, readers. They're not for the authors generally, you know? Yeah, I ha- a lot of authors have told me that. And at, at the beginning, I'm like, no, they're they're, they're for me. <laughs> but now I, I see the point. I think that's true. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, some people do well with them. Other people, like, live and die by them. And I'm like, oh, my God. Who, the internet trolls. Who cares? Like, they bought your book. Verified purchase. I don't care what they said. You bought my book. Good. You paid for it. Cool. Next. Moving on. Like... <laughs> She's relentless. She's also notorious for shameless promotion. She's the queen of that. Yes, <laughs> I will. I, I've been waiting up for a panel where somebody says, I bought your book and didn't like it or something. And I just want to be like, okay, cool. Thanks for buying my book. Everything you say past that moment in time means nothing to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I've got the, the, the usual one-star review because, you know, it, it arrived with like a ding in it, you know, and I'm like... So they're, you know, reviewing the, the packaging. I'm like, okay. We appreciate your review of the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll That's- be here to pass that along. I- yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, what is your favorite uh, book to movie? Pride and Prejudice. With a Matthew McFadden, oh. Kira oh. Knightley. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> no come on i love it wait are you trying to say that you love the colin firth version better is that what you're reacting to no the whole thing jane austen anything no sorry not a jane austen fan that's okay i don't have to be i there are people that like different genres i don't have to be at all um what is your least favorite adaptation of a book to a movie huh that's a good question because I don't read a lot of contemporary fiction. Um, the thing that comes to my mind, and I'm sure there's a better example of this, is no, I shouldn't say that out loud. I'll be killed. Um, hmm. Killed? Wow, that's a whole level. Not even just yelled at, but like. Okay, killed. I really don't like the. I did not like Game of Thrones because I felt like it. What they just threw in way too much more sex and violence than there was in the books and there was already a lot so i just couldn't watch it after a while i'm like i don't think they put in more sex i think they cut out a lot of the other stuff so the sex just seemed like a lot more that's true i mean it could be i I couldn't get very far in it i'm like "Mm, this isn't for me ironically i was discussing game of thrones today because i reference it a lot at work and different things because I feel like almost every workplace you're in has a degree of Game of Thrones to it. It's just, it is like every employment thing is a Game of Thrones. You just have to pick what kingdom you're in <laughs> and what is happening. That's and true. So I was talking about it today. And so I, because I had mentioned it, a couple of employees were like, we started watching Game of Thrones because you talk about it. And I'm like, Ooh, and they're kind of conservative people. And I was like, that well, seems that like a poor choice on your part. Like, I like, <laughs> I didn't recommend that as a work thing. 
And, but they're like, it's really complex. And I have to say, from finding out that George R.R. Martin is a pantser, by the way. You're kidding. Well, you know what? That doesn't surprise me with the books. He's got a lot of detail and tracking and things. There are things that are, but I mean, he's got a lot more. I literally thought he had like thumbtacks with yarn going from this person and notes like. That's true. But I mean, it's easy. It's easy if you're sort of write yourself into a wall because then you can just kill someone, which seems to be his method of choice. Oh, I think he just likes killing people in general, which I actually do appreciate. I'm just, <laughs> I happen to be a fan because I think way too many people hold on to characters that should just be killed and that, <laughs> that they're still there. And I'm like, that, that person should just die. Speaking of characters, cast your two leads. Oh, God. Um, I am so bad because, you know, what? this is a game I play with my kids because they're, you know, teens, 20s. And so I'm always asking them because I don't know all any of the like, super modern actors so I'm like you guys who should play clive and henrietta and we'll be watching something and then they'll hold up their phone and they're like this is the perfect clive mom and i'm like no no i don't think so but in my mind it's kind of like a rita hayworth from way back from the 30s oh, wow. or if it's not rita hayworth then it's going to be somebody like amy adams which i know she's too old now to play the role because henrietta is very young but it, it's kind of her look and her sort of spunkiness. And then my heartthrob, Matthew McFadden, would be Clive, but he's way too old for it now. So there you go. I see. Um, obviously, note to anybody listening, um, our friend is not to be involved in the casting of her <laughs> book to movie or TV series. Like I would be anyway. Why get attached? So. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Drunky McDrunkerson over there. What's your rapid fire question? Oh, I didn't know I was allowed to ask questions <laughs> at this point. She was shot down before, so. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you said you were a plotter earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, what would follow that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Do> you <laughs> wow. Why do I even have a co-host? That's all I'm going to say. You said you were a plotter. Do you use a keyboard to type your books? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Okay, let's talk about a little about research. Okay, so you shut it. Val, you're the opposite of useful at this moment in time to me. We only have a few more questions to go. Get it together. Um, we can do it, girls. We can do it. Yes, we're gonna make it, it through. <laughs> Might shut off her computer. Um, so research-wise, because of the time periods that you're you're utilizing in your novels, how much research do you do? Hmm. Well, um, that's a tricky question. Uh, the later books have had to do a little bit more because they're centered on a specific place like book four is centered around Mundelein College which is my alma mater but at the time that the books are written it would have been a brand new school so I did do some research on that and the fifth book takes place in Dunning Insane Asylum which is a real place in Chicago at the time so I had to do a lot of research there but 
Um, other than that, um, I rely a lot on this sort of knowledge that I have stored up from all of these stories that I've heard. And also, I think just, you know, reading, I started reading the classics when I was like 10, for real. Like, I remember going to the library with my mom. I was literally 10. And maybe I was 12. And uh, <laughs> I was definitely 10 or 12. Maybe one of them. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I would say to my mom, we're going to the library. It's the summertime. And my mom would be like, you know, looking for books. And I'm like, mom, I just don't know what to do. Should I just, you know, read these Encyclopedia Brown books as trash? Or or should I should I read, you know, like the classics, like the Newberries? And she's like, oh, just read the trash, honey. And I'm like, no, I've got to read the Newberries. So from a very young age, I was obsessed with reading the classics. So I read the classics until my third kid was born. And then my mind just couldn't handle it anymore. And I'm like, I have to read something else, like something contemporary. And then I discovered there's like a historical fiction genre, which is kind of like the same time period, but just not so difficult to read <laughs> as the classics. So I'm like, I, I have this huge database of, you know, knowledge from all those years. And I think that a lot of times when I'm writing, I don't really have to research something because I already know it. That sounds really cocky, but um, some things like, okay, what fancy sports card is Clive Drive? You know, I'll just type XXX. And then if I don't know something, I never stop writing and start researching because that's a disaster and you're just going to go down a hole. I, I'm not one of those writers that prefer researching to writing. I definitely prefer writing to researching, which I'm probably an anomaly. So then when the with uh, Valerie, who will <laughs> research make a do and don't list. And the moment I'm on my don't list, I have to stop researching and go back to writing. It's like I get punished. Oh, when you, when is the point that you have to stop? Oh, I didn't hear about it. About five minutes in there. actually. Is in a timer. <laughs> oh, a timer. Wow. A timer, and I have a do and don't list and I'm only, only allowed to research one thing. So, and I have to decide character plot or event. Wow. Double down on just the one topic. Otherwise I will be there for days. <laughs> See, I, I will be researching stuff that has nothing to do with so, any of the story. Ideas. Like you brought the See? car thing up. Like what car is he driving? But then she'll go, what kind of car? Oh, what kind of engine did those cars have? What other cars had <laughs> that type of engine? When did they improve like? the engine? Where did it? Yeah, what did what it did start like? Car? What kind of car did they oh, have? Yeah. yeah. Think, Literally nobody. I need to know what kind of penguins existed back then, having nothing to do with the story. Like it's less than a sentence she's putting in the story about the car, and she spent three days looking up stuff about cars. I was on three alt history panels for Dragon Con, and I would drop bombs or add on, and I'm like, "Wait, you forgot a thing?" So I told him one author, I said, "Wait, you forgot the coolest part?" And he's like, "What?" I'm like. Not only did he kill it with a silver bullet, but he melted it from his crucifix. And he's like, Ooh. oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Your ability to retain is amazing. 
It is, but her ability to get lost down these rabbit holes <laughs> is also equally amazing. It'll come in handy. It'll no, come in handy. Probably yes. not. No. <laughs> She'll never write all the books that she's researched. Let me put it that way. I also make a drinking game out of all the jobs I've ever worked, so it's okay. Ooh, she that sounds get, fun. No, she doesn't get very far in any of these drinking. Do you see the hot mess she is? Basically, <laughs> from one beverage. Okay, she's not. She doesn't impress anybody. Oh, the drinking game from the jobs I've had. That lasts three and a half seconds. Three shots in, she's like, I don't even know my name anymore. Where are we? And I'm like, oh my god, it's been five minutes now. <laughs> So have a good time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, what? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with from this anymore. I'm just. <laughs> um, what is? I got. I got a thing. Oh God. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. In advance. <laughs> do you revise as you edit? Do you, do you edit separately? And do you have an editor who comes up behind you? Hmm. Wow, all of that was inappropriate, and I'm going to translate. <laughs> nobody needs to talk about editors coming up behind people now. So um, let's try this again. When you are writing, do you stop and edit as you go, or do you wait till you're done and then go back and review and edit? And then obviously, do you have an editor after you're done with your edits that goes back through your work? Hmm. That was English. Yeah, that was so much better than having an editor come up behind her. What are you writing porn over there? What the hell are you doing? Inappropriate. Look how blushing she is. This is what well, this is the last question because this is out of control. Okay, go for it. Okay. Um, all right. So what I do is when I sit down in the morning, I look at what I wrote the day before. I do a quick edit through that because fresh eyes can clean it up. Then I start writing, kind of puts me in the, in the space. So when I finally finish the whole thing, I go back about, I don't know, realistically, probably four or five times I go through the whole manuscript again. And then I send it to my beta readers and then they take a crack at it. And then I change things that, you know, they might not like, whatever. And then I send it to an editor. And this is just for the series. That's how that has worked. And then once it gets into She Writes, then they do a copy edit and a proof. And it goes from there. But with these two standalone novels, that has been a completely different experience because I've hired a different editor and... Um, so yeah, that's been a lot more stringent. So that's my process. There you go. Very cool. I'm actually going to wind up with a final fun question, Valerie. No, you're not allowed to ask anything else anymore at all. I don't. You can, Valerie. It's okay. No, it's not. Before another editor is coming up behind you to do something. So um, even on board Nefarious. games in your I'm not letting that go, Val, for a long time. Just so you know, um, you have board games in your background. What is your favorite board game to play? Oh boy. Okay. My favorite one is it's a tie between, uh, I really, well, I like any game, obviously, but 
I really love uh, strategy games like Settlers of Catan, those types of things. Okay, so of those types, I really love a game called Puerto Rico. And I also love a game called Hawaii, which was actually um, written and sold by my old neighbor when back when I lived in Wheaton, Illinois. Yeah, Greg Daigle. And he is a game designer and he actually, you know, it's kind of like, getting a book published, you know, is like one in a million getting a game published is like one in a trillion. And he did it. And it is a really, really fun game. It's called Very Hawaii. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you have been absolutely fantastic. Why don't you shamelessly promote yourself and tell our audience where to find your books? Okay. Well, you can find me at michellecoxwrites.com. I have all my uh, follow buttons there and there are a whole bunch of places that you can uh, get my books, including uh, Amazon, um, Google, Kobo, um, I, iTunes, the whole thing. Uh, also, you can get them at your local library. So check them out. Very cool. And sign up for your newsletter because you do yes. apparently, you awesome know, giveaways. giving away cruise ships or something like that. Every couple of months. <laughs> heard. I was paying attention. Sort of like that. Sort of like that. Yeah. Sign up for my newsletter because I do do big giveaways um, every couple of months. I give away iPads, luggage, jewelry, scarves. Once I give away a trip and I pick one subscriber each time. So next time it could be you. Awesome. Awesome. You have been thoroughly amazing. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. This was fun. This is like the funnest, funnest, that's not a word. This is the most fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the alcohol. It's finally gotten to me. Yes. Funnest (laughs) podcast I've ever been on. No, seriously, this is really, really fun. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was wonderful having you. So we have been drinking with authors, literary briefs. Let's see if Valerie can get her crap together to do this this time. I have been your host, Erica Lance. And I've been your co-host, Valerie Willis. Awesome. And our guest today has been Michelle Cox. And we will see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.